The seventh episode of Astro Blast? They said it couldn't be done. It's me, Chris Farron. And it's me, Jess Abbott. And today, finally, no more friggin' astrology except how it relates to these advice questions. <laughs> That's right. It is an advice marathon. We're going to do nothing but answer questions today. Perfectly. And if you little shits wrote into us like we asked you to. Oh my God. Then we'll have plenty of content in. I you're think you're get great. Your- Ye little... Just because someone's a little shit doesn't mean they're not great. All right. I agree. I'm a little shit. All right. All right. You're definitely a little shit. Me? No, I'm just kidding. You're not. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, rate and review us, please, and we'll read your things on the thing. Um, cool. You get it. Uh, you can write into us for our next advice marathon and also for all of our regular episodes where we answer a few questions. Please write into us at astroblasting at gmail.com or go to astroblasting.com. Calm. That's right. You heard us. It's 18 and up website. We're not going to say it again, except next episode That's when right. we say it again. That's right. We're also going to take a break midway through the episode to do a new round of Astro Probe with our friend and guest, Connor Murphy from Foxing. All right. Question number one is from Jennifer, who's a Sagittarius. With a Leo rising, this is almost producer Jenny, but not quite. Whoa. This person has a Cancer moon, but um, Jenny has a has a Libra moon. But uh, Sagittarius Jennifer, hello. Jennifer writes, I'd like to hear your take on blending sun signs and whether being born so close to the cutoff, so again, a, a cusp is what they're referring to, bears much difference on how a person relates to their given sun sign. Also, Astroblast rules, and I love you all. Well, thank you. Thank you. you. That's really nice to hear. Thank you, Jennifer. Blending sun signs. So I personally don't look at cusps and being born close to the sign cutoffs. But if you if that resonates with you, then go ahead and look at that. I think that at the end of the day, we all relate to our sun signs and some of us may not. I mean, we all either do or, or we don't or there's pieces and that's because our chart is so vast and there's so much information that to, I think to really know if you identify with your sun sign or not, you got to go take a look at the rest of your chart, figure your shit out, and then uh, kind of get some perspective there. Maybe you decide you hate astrology and it's stupid, or maybe you're like, wow, I relate to this shit. But if you are really feeling like your sun sign is not you, sure, look at your cusp if that if that's what you want to do. Um, I guess that's all I really have to say on that one. And I have nothing to say. In terms of that one. I I assume I agree with you. Yeah, many people think that Chris is an astrologer extraordinaire and um, that he's the teacher in the situation. But sometimes we have to remind people that he doesn't know anything. No, he doesn't even he doesn't care, let alone That's know right. the information. And I just was starting to think about because I, I have had an, another podcast in my life. Sorry uh, about the TV show Lost and how often people bring up Lost to me. At my merch table and stuff. Oh, you're the one that doesn't watch the. I haven't listened to your podcast about Lost. I've never seen Lost, oh so God. I haven't listened it to. It doesn't the... matter. It's fine. Uh, anyway, we 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 just watch Lost, and people talk to me about it all the time. And now I'm thinking about it. Would be great if nobody would come up to me and try to talk to me about astrology. I'm just putting that out there. You can <laughs> talk to me about the it. great things, the great and funny things that we've said on this podcast. But I will have nothing to offer to you if you try to talk to me about astrology. If if I were to go listen to your Lost podcast, is it like also for people who don't watch Lost? Um, 
It's definitely not for people who like Lost. Really? Yeah, we uh, we have been watching each episode of Lost, but not in order of their oh, airing. Uh, oh, wait, so neither of you has watched Lost? No, we of... have watched. We, we, oh, we okay. had in the past, like when it was on. So are you just kind of like making fun of it? You don't like it? or? Well, we thought we liked it. And then when, for some reason, crazy, if you watch a... Uh, TV show out of order it was really confusing and it makes you really frustrated. Uh, so I think that's a big part of why we uh, talk. Do you have to watch along it. out of order to enjoy it, or is it just like the is? We I I try to barely talk about Lost on the podcast. Oh, okay, great. We make notes and the notes kind of just like we bounce around. Okay, so I need to go listen to it. Eh. I'm going to listen to it. We're going to bring it back soon. Okay, next question. Bri, or Brie, B-R-I, SAG, AFTRA, Gemini, Gemini. S-A-G is short for Sagittarius, and you just say Sag. Sag. (laughs) Yeah, you like that? As a 27-year-old, I've realized I've really given into this jaded way of thinking about everything, and it's bumming me out. I mean, it's super hard not to feel overwhelmed by the crushing realities of the world, particularly in in regards to how no one how no one wants to hold anyone, sometimes including themselves, accountable for their actions. But my true sag after heart wants to believe that people deep down are good. So I guess I'm just wondering if you had any advice on how to keep your faith in humanity and the want to reach out and connect with others, whether it's via astrology, music, art. Is there anything that you do that helps with staying hopeful about connecting with others? The thing that's really hard to balance in my mind about like people and feeling discouraged or whatever is that there there's so many people out there. Everyone is going to present you with something different. But also, at the end of the day, I think all of us are so similar because we're, we're all experiencing, like, the same bullshit of every of existing every day yeah. <laughs> against our wills. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's like finding some balance. I think it's a matter of not having expectations of people but not deciding that like everyone sucks right because that's not true either you know we all have our good days and our bad days and we're all stuck here together so it's like find some common ground and figure out how to like interact with people while you can like chill out and and like have a nice time i would say take a break from twitter would probably help oh yeah twitter is a cesspool it is a nightmare it's it's just everything it's like so much bad coming at you constantly and it's bad stuff from like you know bad people but it's also bad stuff coming from people who are not bad who are like sharing the bad stuff to amplify things that that they think need more attention which i understand why people do that but there's there's a it's a bunch of squawking parrots it's just right it's just at a certain point it all just becomes white noise of like terror yeah yeah it doesn't even matter who who is saying what or what's being said it's just like yeah Um, it's like uh like again i like understand like the need to feel like proactive in a in a society oh god like this but uh also you got to take care of yourself and your brain and like if you're just trying to if all that stuff's coming at you all the time and you're trying to wrestle with it and try to think about humanity and stuff like 
you're just going to burn yourself out and you won't be able to even change anything in your life on a local level or, or a, an internal level, you know, like it just, it just turns into so much anxiety that like it feels debilitating. And I've been there a thousand times too. I def, but I definitely feel like, I mean, maybe this person doesn't even use Twitter or whatever, but like I have definitely found that I find so much more peace in, you know, backing away from that stuff and working on other stuff. Also, so you're 27. I Worst think... year of my life also. Really? For being 27, yeah, it was a nightmare. This is, I think, when you hit 27, you're like entering, I'm also speaking to you um, as a 28-year-old, so <laughs> uh, I've got a year of thoughts about this. It seems like when you hit the, when you hit 27, you're officially entering the end of that decade if you're, you're you're hitting a point where like youth is no longer the the primary like focus of your existence and you have enough perspective to start contextualizing everything that you know and it gets dark i mean like when you hit your late 20s it feels like you're like taking everything you know about the world and finally piecing it together like you're like nearing the end of a puzzle it's like you're nearing the end of a puzzle and you just found out that some pieces are missing and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do? And it's like, it's just kind of like painful and slow and hard. I mean, I'm going through it too. And it's, um, it's really uncomfortable. It's really discouraging. But um, from what I can gather from like all of my friends and people in my life who have already gone through this phase or are also going through it now, like shit's just going to get worked out. So don't get too discouraged on humanity um, while you're going through this time. Also, astrologically, when you hit 20, between 27 and 30 is when something called the Saturn return hits. Have you ever heard of that, Chris? No. It's going to probably be like maybe a little too in-depth to get into at this point in our astrological journey. But basically, it takes between 27 and like 30 years for Saturn to return to make a full like. So when that happens, what does that mean for your life? What happens to you? explode we haven't talked about saturn yet but um so i don't have like a whole lot of context to give you but, but basically it's it's the planet of challenges of um restrictions of of work it's technically it's 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 often looked at as like a negative planet but um i think like as we we move into th the future i guess um S saturn is viewed more as like positive change in challenges in your mm -hmm. life that you work with when saturn returns at this point in life, it is like, I mean, anything that could, any like trope that could be said of turning 30 is like matches with the Saturn return. It's kind of like the same thing. 30 for me, change, like every, I mean, it's hard to say everything like change changed, but like I, I have found my 30s to be infinitely better than my 20s. Yeah. And I hear that a lot. It's good that you're here in the room able to say that with certainty. <laughs> Whereas I'm just speculating like about it, but um, and I just turned thirty. I'm thirty and one day old. I'm as young <laughs> of a thirty year old as you could possibly be. <laughs> All right, question number three from Walt Disney who... himself. Yeah, we Damn. used a Ouija board and we were like, "Who has something to say?" <laughs> Walt is an Aquarius Sun, Scorpio Moon, Sagittarius rising, and writes. Ever since the beginning of May, my life has been spiraling down into the ground from the graces of loving heaven. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Walt. I can't I can't seem to find my soulmate anywhere nearby, and I think I'm one of those dependent clingy types now that I've always grown up hating. The question, where does it get better? 
Even CoStar, the app, is shady as shit telling me to kick the can and apologizing to me for love being weird. What's CoStar? This is astrology app. It's an astrology app where you put in your time of birth and it's like a net, like a social networking app. Basically, like you can like add friends from contacts or like looking people up and add them. And then you can like it gives you like a comparison of your chart. But are it's, they paying you to say this? All no, this is free advertising. They're <laughs> you know what? Whoever wrote this is probably working for CoStar trying to goad us into talking about this <laughs> app. Well, it's popular enough that it, I I probably should have talked about it by now. Um, CoStar, give us five hundred dollars, or we beep out your app's name. Or, uh, we're or gonna... I crash my car. Oh shit! You're always doing that. I'm gonna crash my friggin' car like I did three episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's like I don't know. I I personally have a hard time with apps like that because what what it does basically is so. This is what this person is talking about. When you have CoStar and you have notifications on every day, it'll give you like a little thing. It'll be like, are you horny today? You're like, that's what CoStar <laughs> says to you. Are you horny today? <laughs> We're like, uh, don't make any big decisions today or like paint a picture today. It's just like, oh. I, I don't know. It's like, it just, I just like, it's not my thing. It's, are you horny today? I made that one up, but it probably says something like that. I don't know. Whenever I get them, I swipe away. I don't even read it. But a lot of people get really into it. And um, it sounds like this this person is getting notifications that are like apologizing to them about love being weird. I don't know. I don't trust it. Look at, get to know your chart and your planets and, and look at it and, and figure out what the day is saying for yourself so that like you don't have to listen to like an algorithm tell you about your day. Okay, so your question is, uh, so you're spiraling, you're having a hard time, where does it get better? <sighs> okay, we, I feel like the previous question was pretty similar. Shit's going to get better. Shit's going to be terrible and god-awful, and then it's going to get better. These are the cycles of life. And it will also get worse. Y yeah. But it will get better also. Sometimes when you think it can't get any worse, it does. That My mom, did you know that my mom said that to me? <gasps> really? Yeah, my mom literally said that to me one time oh in like God. a very... It was like supposed to be nice, I think. I actually did take it as nice. Moms and it was... are really good at that at saying something like fucked up that's like supposed to encourage you. Yeah. But, but I think about it all the time and it is helpful to me, I think. Yeah, because it it's a way of like preparing yourself for absolute horseshit. You would think that it would give you a more like bleak and negative outlook, but it kind of made things feel a little lighter for me. Yeah. To think, I don't know, just like, It, nothing is as life or death as you can make it out to be in your brain, I think. Right. There's like some kind of like hope in complete darkness, I guess. Like there's always like a flame lit that's like yeah. you just have to kind of like find it. You got to like do some 360s and like crawl around in the dark until you like find that little flame. And then you just sit by it and you just like wait for it to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I also recommend meditating. That is very helpful. Getting lost in some TV shows, treating yourself. Great. Another person cured. What's next? <laughs> Rusty, baby. Scorpio Cap Cap. Oh I my am God, a there's a Capricorn rising and Capricorn moon like you are. That's me. I am a total homebody, towing the line of complete hermit when it comes to my downtime. My girlfriend often invites me out to parties with her coworkers, chilling with her family, having lunch with a friend. Nine and a half times out of ten, I just want to not wear pants and sleep or watch Netflix instead. 
I have a job that leaves me with very little free time. Is it selfish to want to use all of this time for myself? If not, how do I explain that I that I don't hate her family and friends just because I don't want to go with every time? Her feelings are hurt every time I decline, but when I do go, I'm tired, and often the reason we have to leave is because I have to work the next morning, etc. You know, I've experienced a little bit of being on the other end of this in my life. And and being on this end, uh, being on both ends of this, actually. I completely understand, like, being tired and not wanting to do things with your partners, whoever. And I think there is a balance to be struck to that. Obviously, if you, like, never do it, it's a bad precedent in a relationship to set. Like, that you would never uh, want to do anything that they want to do. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just about balance. I think you definitely need to kind of, you know, rally sometimes and suck it up and and go out and do things. Chris, do you believe that the the saying of like love requires sacrifice or however that's worded? Do you think that there are sacrifices in love? I know some people are like really averse to that way of thinking. Yeah. I think there is some there's sometimes you do things that you don't necessarily want. I don't know. I like when I think about the things that I've done for my wife that I didn't necessarily want to do. They weren't like hard like decisions to make in the moment to do them or like like I'm just thinking about like any time like if if my wife wanted to go somewhere that I didn't want to go to or whatever. It's just like I'm in my head I'm thinking I don't really want to go to this but I want to be around my wife. <laughs> and yeah. I want to be support. And I don't really like leaving my house either, but I just I like being around my wife. There just ha- I I personally think there just does have to be sacrifice in relationships. There's no way that what you want and what a whole other living breathing human being wants is going to line up forever. So they your partner needs to make some sacrifices in understanding that you don't always want to go and you need to make some sacrifices and that you got to just suck it up and go sometimes. Yeah, and I think finding the right partner is about like finding that balance of sacrifice. Beautifully put, Chris. Um, let's take a break for Astro Probe. Welcome to our new segment, Astro Probe. Connor, I am here with Connor Murphy of Foxing and Smidley. We go way back. We're friends. We're tour buddies. And uh, I'm so happy to have you with us today, Connor. Thank you so much for having me. Let's ask you first, what do you know or give a shit about with astrology? Or does none of that apply? No and give a shit, I feel like are two a little bit different questions. But (laughs) I feel like I know not too much, but I give at least a little bit of a shit because of how many people in my life rely on it so hard and uh, care about Mm -hmm. it so much. I'm definitely no expert. I feel like I only know as much as uh, like the groans that people have whenever I tell them my my signs. I feel like a lot of times I'll tell somebody that I'm a Scorpio and they'll have a reaction to it. And then I'll say, but I'm a Taurus moon. And then they'll have a completely different reaction. I don't know if that yeah. applies to you. <laughs> I don't know if you think that, but. Yeah, I mean, I think Taurus moons are, it's definitely a sweet little guy. I mean, I'm a Gemini and Gemini and Scorpio are the, two most shat on signs of all 12 signs so I feel you on that I think that's kind of one of my aims in this podcast is to 
inform people a little more on astrology who don't know about it and like hate hearing about it so that like maybe if they know a little more they'll hate it a little less yeah um and also to kind of like maybe in some way redirect the social astrology tone to be less like hateful per sign like depending on the sign because it's also like uninformed it's like people are either groaning because they, they don't know about astrology and don't want to hear about it, or they're groaning at someone's sun sign, which is just like also a shitty thing to do. Everyone's being shitty. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's the thing is at least the amount that I do know about astrology is at the very least that your sun sign and even your moon sign don't dictate that much. There's a lot more to it. Uh, and like your whole your whole reading is really what you should actually be analyzing, uh, if anything. The, the thing that I do really like about astrology is that it makes you think about yourself in a way that you don't usually. That's what the pod is all about. Well, but that's the thing is that you and I have talked about this before because when we first met, we were on that tour together. And um, how many years ago was that at this point? That was like three years ago, three and a half yeah. years ago. Uh, it honestly feels like longer, but because um, <laughs> I feel like I've known you for a very long time. But That's true. I remember on that tour, I feel like even then I was uh, a little more um, apprehensive to like, you know, talk about astrology or uh, give an opinion on it because I probably would have just shit on it. Um, but I remember when we were talking about it, then you actually brought up a point that I feel like nobody had ever brought up to me before, which was like. Hey, if somebody says, uh, oh, you're like a Scorpio, that means that you're, um, you know, manipulative or something. And it's like, if you uh, disagree with that, if you're like, hey, I'm not like that, at the very least, uh, you're thinking about yourself and to what degree of manipulation that you kind of, I don't know, like how, how manipulative are you? Yes. Not at all or maybe a little bit. And I think that kind of uh, like self-analysis is actually really healthy for everyone. Yeah. Wow, this is truly groundbreaking because so far on the pod, we've had Chris Farron and Brittany Ashley, who both like no matter how many times I say the things you just said are just like, yeah, that's the thing that I mean, I just always have felt like, um, you know, the thing about Nancy and Ronald Reagan with their like astrology stuff. No, they had an astrology. Well, OK, like a. I don't know, an astrologist like on staff that would come in and do like daily readings for them uh, because oh, they were just they were really into it. You should look into this, by the way, because I might be uh, completely uh, misrepresenting this. Um, but essentially they did that. And then like uh, Reagan kind of like admitted a little bit to like uh, that astrology, uh, those like readings as like influencing some of his like policy decisions. So I got really like angry about it and I was like, ah, oh, fuck astrology. And I even wrote a paper about it. Whoa. This is in high school. And so I think that made me, that soured me really hard to it for a long time. And I, I honestly think it wasn't until uh, like you and I started talking about it that I feel like you were the first person that actually gave me like a, <laughs> like a reasonable, a conversation where you were like, no, actually, like, even if you don't believe in any of this stuff, it's actually really good to, like, analyze yourself this way. So even if it's, you know, even if some people have taken it the wrong way and really made it this destructive thing, it's like, well, it's it's more about, like, how you what you take from it and how you analyze yourself. Hell yeah. That's the, the perfect way to put it all. 
It is the synopsis <laughs> well, I, of Astro Blast. <laughs> those, are, those are pretty much your words, I feel like. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Yes, but the fact that they stayed with you for three and a half years <laughs> makes me very stoked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, think about that way. But then beyond that... Um, Connor, hang on a sec. Yeah. Jennifer's fucking iPad. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, you gotta be careful with that thing. I'm sorry, I'll stop fucking around. Actually, I'm probably just gonna leave that in. Everybody, Jenny got an iPad. I've been roasting her for it for a while, and uh, and more power to her. Yeah, Connor says more power to her. I say, um, you're over there like a grandpa with your iPad. (laughs) You're like, how do you turn this thing off? Cool. Well, let's talk about your sun moon and rising so the the point of this this astro probe segment is to kind of take a closer look at our guests big three and how they respond to these questions it's a fun exercise in okay theory. let's cool. exercise so so tell us what your sun moon and rising are okay wait sun moon and rising mm-hmm. are those okay so well oh sorry you might not know what your rising is because i have your chart here we just looked this up everybody oh, okay uh, so I, I know sun is a Scorpio, mm-hmm. moon is Taurus. Is that right? Yep. Okay, cool. I just and you know. your rising is Pisces. Pisces. Okay, that's the first I've heard of that. This is the the first that I've heard of it as well. I knew you were a Scorpio. <laughs> I didn't know your moon and rising because I think when we talked about this three and a half years ago on tour, I you didn't know your time of birth at that time. Yeah. So um, so I didn't look it up. But knowing that now. When we were on tour, I would have guessed you were a Pisces. And rising is how you present without knowing someone very well. You were just like super quiet and moody and like smoking weed, which is like the description of Pisces to a T, basically. That that's uh, that's really interesting. That's not how I would imagine that I was presenting myself but i guess that's that's how it was you present so differently now though you seem so much more like outgoing and like interactive than on that tour which you were that way when we kind of like warmed up to each other but before that i will say i i do feel like yeah i feel like you have a point there though that i i do feel like i am that way a little bit when i don't know someone a lot of times I also have this memory like burned into my brain of being on tour and we were loading into the Hawthorne Theater in Portland and your trailer was open and like the ramp was laid down and you were laying on it on your back like upside down just looking up at the sky and I walked up because we had just rolled up to the show and I was like what's up and you were like tour sucks and I miss my girlfriend and you were like <laughs> you were like ripping a butt and I was like okay that that also uh, is like a Pisces thing <laughs> just like doting on your significant other that's far away while you're like smoking a cigarette and like frowning <laughs> okay so you got Scorpio sun Taurus moon Pisces rising let's jump into the sun question okay what do you think your purpose is my purpose mm-hmm. oh my god I mean, it's exactly what Brittany said when we did the segment with her. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I don't feel like I know it. I guess my what I would want my purpose to be is to, in some way, uh, impact other people's lives positively. I, I hope to be a supporting, like a, a supporting role to other people's lives in as best a way that I possibly can, and to leave as little negative impact on on people uh by the time i'm dead to to really just have uh you know when i'm when i'm gone to have have people 
uh, happy with the life that they remember me living. But that's not really a fun answer. <laughs> no, that's great. No, that perfectly answers the question. Okay. Um, okay, so moon question. Yes. What makes you feel safe? Ooh, my home. Just my house and my bed and my dog and video games. That uh, is a Taurus moon answer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am truly, I'm like a just a major indoor kid. I don't like being outside at all. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, I mean, I, I love touring. I love playing shows, but the act of uh, that kind of lifestyle is something really unappealing to me. Oof. Like I, I would yeah. say the most comfortable and safe I feel in my entire life is always uh, at home playing D&D than falling asleep in my own bed. It's like the absolute perfect night. Hell yeah. So let's see the final question, the rising question. Who is a TV or a movie character you wish you could be more like? So in other words, who's the who's the character that you uh, want to say aspire to be like in a way? Someone that you personally really attach to? Ugh. I feel like I have two really, the two that pop in my mind immediately are number one has always been Weird Al to me. I think that Weird Al has always been like my my number one hero. Well, my favorite movie of all time is UHF, which is the Weird Al movie. And it's the funniest, best movie I've ever seen in my life. I actually, I just rewatched it and I was really worried because I hadn't seen it in a few years. And I was like, is this going to hold up? And it did. Uh, when that happens. Well, okay. So I guess in terms of, if you're talking about like a fictional character though, um, mm-hmm. is that really what you meant? Like a fictional? That's how it was intended, but I think it's like open to interpretation. I would say if you want to go with Weird Al, hell yeah. Maybe he is extremely true to uh, the personality he kind of puts out there, but I mean, he does, mm-hmm. it, he seems like a fictional uh, character. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, other than that, um, uh, Hawkeye and MASH was a character that I always looked at and was like, this is the epitome of cool. I feel like... You you definitely have Hawkeye energy. <laughs> well, I don't. I really, really don't. Hawkeye in that show is just truly like the coolest person ever. I mean, he's in the middle of a war and he's uh, a doctor and everything around him is just chaos all the time, but he's always cool. And he's just, he's always hilarious and everybody around him kind of looks to him uh, as like their leader, but also like to calm them down uh, when they're freaking out. And then the other thing is like the second that he is flustered or upset, that's when you know like the shit is real and everything Uh-oh. is like fucked around him. That's uh, oh yeah, that's my two cents. Well, Connor, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Hey, um, thank you. Keep an eye out for a podcast that Connor has been working on that has yet to be announced. And also you can listen to his band Foxing's latest beautiful album, Nearer My God, available pretty much anywhere that you can find music on the internet. Thank you. Thanks again, Connor. Hey, thank you so much. And I love you so much, Jess. And, uh, and Chris, if you're you're hearing this, I love you so much. And Jenny, I love you so much. And you're all wonderful people. And um, Chris says he loves you too. Ah, I also love Connor. Oh, my God. Jenny loves you too. We all love each other in this pod. <laughs> Chris is going to be here for this taping because he's preparing for tour. Well, I'm excited for him. And you're doing you're doing great work. And you you truly did uh, change the way that I thought about astrology. And I really hope that you change the way other people think about it, too. Uh, stop it. All right. Next question is, 
The letter N writes uh, that they're a Capricorn sun, Sagittarius moon, Scorpio rising. They say, I graduated last year with a creative writing degree, and right out of college, I got a writing job that I didn't expect to get so soon. I've had this job for about seven and a half months, and while I've added to my portfolio in a way I wouldn't have expected to so early in my career, the place is kind of a nightmare. While it's an office full of incredibly creative people, the morale is so damn low of everyone constantly fearing for their jobs. Do I stick around and build up my portfolio even though it's a lousy environment where we can't always practice what we preach? Or do I just try to look for something different now, giving up my platform in exchange for not feeling on edge 24-7? That's a great question. Yeah. Speaking of sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a lot of jobs where I've felt unhappy. I, I really feel feel on like a soul level when I'm involved in a routine or like regularly in a location that makes me feel bad like I mean I know everyone hates that shit but like I I if I if I get to a point where I hate a job I like have to leave it one thing that makes me feel better when I fucking hate a job and feel trapped in it is just like looking for jobs while I'm at that job like don't just like quit your job just because it sucks because the truth is things will suck about any job and that's the nature of work unfortunately Mm -hmm. that's the nature of capitalism Mm -hmm. is like what work is fun I mean like I'm a musician and I spent years just doing that and there were days where I fucking hated it and it's what I had wanted my whole life like it's like Things are just going to be challenging sometimes. So just look at new jobs because that in itself may give you some kind of like liberation. Don't take something just to get out of your job, though, because you might just be signing up for some other bullshit. And then it'll all be kind of like a lot of it'll be much, much ado about nothing. Oh, freaking Shakespeare over here. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. Just look for some other jobs. That's totally within your power. Do it on the clock. Give yourself a little like a uh, little power boost there just like hell yeah do it on the clock eat a snack and look up some other fucking jobs if you find the right thing you'll know you'll go go take some interviews when you can um but until then you're you know it's a learning experience you're dealing with some bullshit there's always going to be bullshit flying at you this is a bleak episode (laughs) anytime i'm in a situation like that i tend to just push it as as far as i can go how capricorn of you all right Number, the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Unnamed. The person writing is a Leo something, Taurus something. So when it's like sign, when it's like sign slash sign slash sign, it's always sun, moon, rising. Leo, sun, moon, Taurus, Pisces, rising. Hell yeah. And their girlfriend is Gemini, moon. Sun. Sun. Sun is for Taurus. Moon. Moon. Sag. Sag. After rising. <laughs> uh, we always hear things like Aries and Leo are great matches, or Aquarius and Taurus make a bad couple. These are all monogamous matches between two people. But what would make a great match among three people? Can one actually find a great third-party match based on their natal chart? My girlfriend and I are in a lesbian relationship, just like you. And we have (laughs) talked about exploring a polyamorous relationship with a third member, mostly out of curiosity. Who would make a good third lover for us? This is like, is this, do I have to say yes? Or is this, who are they asking us? Three and four? Do they want us to fight to the death and the winner becomes their third lover? That's interesting. (laughs) 
I've been training well, for this my whole life. How interesting. So there are two women. So they already got two women. Even it out a little bit. So you're saying you win by default. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chris, right. have you ever Hold been on. involved in a threesome? Let me close my eyes and think about this. <laughs> No. Has it ever interested you? I don't think there's a person on the in the on earth that <laughs> has an at least interest. You I know? don't think that's true. I, th- I feel like I know lots of people that are like. I don't think I could. I could. I could do it. I don't. I don't think I have it in me. Uh, I don't think that there are astrological matches for a third. I think it's just kind of like. But th- they could both. Th- there could be a match for each of them that is more suited for both of them. Right. right. So one of you is a Gemini and one of you is a Leo. So let's talk about that for a second. Leo is a fire sign. They're kind of just like very exterior and and open and um and exploring. It's kind of like imagine fire spreading. It's mm-hmm. uh, and then Gemini is I mean Gemini is the most curious sign. Gemini can't make any decision because there's always more information that could come into play with that said decision. So it's unsurprising to me from an astrological perspective that the two of you are interested in exploring that you're curious about having another person involved. It looks like you both have Taurus moons, so you're um, at least emotionally experiencing some similar energies. That'll be really helpful because I think what can really make this kind of situation run amok is when emotions get involved and it's not and people aren't matched. That's when shit gets messy. The per any person that's going to want to get involved. I mean, that's enough. That's all you really need. If you're attracted to them and, and they're like down, I don't think you need to look for more data than that. Um, I mean, what what else would you be looking for? Are you looking into like having a relationship with a third person or just did we read that in the question? Are they like it doesn't say. Oh, it's specific. polyamory. They're polyamory. not just talking about boning. Right. I've been just thinking about you're boning just... the whole time. Why am I always thinking about boning? Because this app is, keeps asking if you're horny and it's putting it in your head. <laughs> I don't know much about polyamory. Astrology is something that will come into play after you've found a person that you're interested in involving in your relationship, not before, because you can't, like, definitely have never... I was asking earlier if you'd ever, like, been involved in a threesome, I guess, but, like, I wasn't even asking if you'd been in a three-person relationship. I'm assuming you haven't. Me? (laughs) Yeah. No. I personally couldn't never... How about you? No, it's never even, like, crossed my mind. To both questions? No, no, I've definitely... Had some threesomes. <laughs> cool. They were great. That's a whole different thing because like- In some of these videos I watch, they <laughs> seem great. Like they do seem great in some of these videos that keep popping up on my computer. Um, I mean, I've had like a threesome with, with someone that was, um, one of them was a Leo and one was a Scorpio. Then I'm a Gemini, which is like, I feel like if you had to pick like what three signs would be most interested in a threesome, it would be those three. It was like, there was like no weirdness at all. There was no emotional thing happening. There was no like it just kind of like worked out. And I don't can think you, that that's can common. you help me here? <laughs> Not in like a crate. I'm just I just really the thing that 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 perplexes me the most about threesomes is okay. So I I don't I'm not. This is not me like asking how to do it because I don't I'm never going to I know I'm never going to do it. I, I couldn't I could not handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, physically, I think I could handle it. But emotionally, I don't know. Your wife just turned the podcast off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was with two people that you weren't in a relationship with. They were in a relationship and I was single. Oh, mm-hmm. which a lot of people say, like, don't do that. Wow. But- 
I had a great time, but I think it's because I trusted that these people knew what they knew that they were prepared for it and like were open to it. Are there people over the age of 30? If you're over 30 and you are in a polyamorous polyamorous relationship or have had a positive polyamorous relationship experience, write in because I want to hear about it. Because like all the only people I know that have ever done it are under 30. Right. Do you feel that way? Or I think so. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Plus, like, the generation that's, like, below millennial, Generation Z. That's right. They seem, like, so wise to me. Like, they're they're out there making, like, memes, but they're also, like, I feel like they're holding this, like, ancient wisdom, and I'm just, like, afraid to test them. Yeah. I'm In my mind, I'm just, like, polyamory is not real. Yeah. But then I see their generation doing it right now, and I'm, like, like, I feel old and I feel like a boomer. Someone start a podcast with me where they convince me that polyamory is good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am like we're gonna raging go to bed. for the D. It's oh. bedtime. Jess and I are going to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is a terrible ending. Someone asks us about polyamory and we're like, all right, shut the whole thing down. <laughs> <laughs> we're, t- we're too tired. <laughs> we're too... <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can... Love us forever. Online. Yeah, rate and review. Um, Freaking go buy Born Hot. Pre-order Born Hot. Yeah. It's uh, coming out October 11th. You can pre-order at polyvinyl. or polyvinylrecords.com. You ever go to polyvinyl.com? It's like a, an aluminum siding website. Really? Yeah. I go there all the time by accident. <laughs> Yeah, the that company is like, why do all these emo kids keep looking up our <laughs> website? <laughs> Please get Chris's record, baby. Born Hot. Hey, you sing on it. I do. That's right. And the song I sing on is called? I Was Amazing. That's what the song's called? Yeah. Okay. I'm just so used to you saying that in general. <laughs> hey, until next time, Astro Blasters, stay H for, for the, the D, D to the stars. And back. Back. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.